0: Hello and welcome back to the Schooner Pod. Another day later and Brent Vittable's official. We have the presser. We have the pomp and circumstance. He's gotten the key to the palace already. All of that's out of the way. Now it's time to get to work. And uh, we're here to break down some of the finer points. Some of the finer details. Where uh, as last last night we were shooting from the hip. This time it's more uh, concrete. So uh, I'm your host, Bobby Howard. With me, as always, we got Jameson. we got Ty. And uh, guys, so let, let's just start this off. Um, obviously, a, a, a very big day in Norman. That uh, that press conference at the Everest Center was massive. I uh, hadn't seen anything really quite like it. A uh, lot of former players back. Uh, just just a lot of a lot of craziness. What 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 was your main takeaway, Jameson, from uh, this this day in Nor- uh, in Norman?
1: Yeah, I think that it is uh, the biggest thing for me was Venables truly looks like elated and very, very happy to have this job. We'd heard talks about beforehand that he had had other head coaching job offers, but this was his job. Like he was only going to take this as a head coach because he was happy at Clemson. And you can just see him whenever he came off the plane and just how he's conducting himself. He is genuinely pumped up. And to have a guy that wants to be here is behind us and has a very strong attitude is exactly what we need moving forward in this time of turmoil. Uh, absolutely. Ty?
2: Yeah, uh, really the the two big things that, that stuck out for me uh, during, during the press conference, uh, the, the main thing I was thinking about uh, the entire time, and, and just was was uh, you know on my mind as as he spoke was a uh, go Navy sink Army, but uh, also it was just the the vibe that he is bringing and just the instant buy in from uh, so many people. And we're going to get into it later. Uh, you know, not I- implying any drama, but there's there are going to be some current players that don't buy in, right? And that's and that's fair. We got into that a little bit last night, but. There's so much buy-in from past players that have that have worked with him. There's so much buy-in from the administration, the leadership, from from Joe and Joe. There's so much buy-in from the fan base too. I cannot wait until uh, the first game uh, next season that we we get out there with with uh, Venable's on the sidelines. It's going to be electric uh, because of of the buy-in. You know, I I can't think of a team welcoming a coach the way that we welcomed Venable's last night. Um, Ever to, to the extent that it was. Because it wasn't, you know, a big plan thing. It sort of it came up and and people had a few hours notice uh and they made it happen and they got there to to Max Westheimer to, to go welcome him and just an electric atmosphere. So um I, I'm just so excited for, for the future. And we're gonna, you know, dig into the the, uh, the meat of it as as we go on. But yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I think for me the biggest thing overall is how good of a fit this is. Uh across the board. Culturally, um, ob- obviously, uh, fan support, the coach, Venerables. Wants to be here. Uh, this isn't like a Brian Kelly situation where he's having to fake a Southern accent. Uh, it, it's <laughs> not just kind of. It's not like a Jimbo Fisher uh, situation where everyone's awkwardly asking him to like take a picture with the dog, and uh, he he just looks confused the whole time. This, this is just a natural fit where it seems like both the fan base and the coach just just mesh together, uh, and that that comes from just years of uh, obviously his thirteen years being at Oklahoma, uh, but also you know just you know the, the the guy grew up uh basically around OU football uh grew up in Kansas so obviously the Sooners were just kind of right there with a the, you know big eight football always on TV so um the OU OU is clearly a, a, something that means a lot to him and I, I think that after the week we had where you know o, you know Oklahoma and OU as a whole were kind of spurned by uh Ol' uh, Lincoln Riley or Shoe or whatever you want to call him. I, I don't, for, personally, I think it's a little petty. I, I love being petty, but I think it's a little too far. Uh, call him, you know what, the bitch out west. Like, come on, <laughs> chill, chill the hell out. Let's move on. Legitimately,
1: I've been seeing that all over, and I've been searching in my head like, T-B-O-W. And I was thinking so hard. Still, that was the first time someone translated it.
0: I thought it was like someone saying Tebow. Uh, yeah, oh my. I'm
2: glad you guys I, explained that. I I felt so out of
1: the I I felt like I was like, dang, these kids and their abbreviations. I can't yeah, keep up with them. Yeah. Are,
0: are your it's kids like, texting about Lincoln Riley? You know, <laughs> you're, you're... <laughs> it's
2: it's one of those things. Like, uh, I guess it's different for for all of us being uh, mid 20s now. I guess kids nowadays have the internet, but it was like it was like in third grade when someone came to school with like a new cuss word, and you but you had to pretend like you already knew. And you were just too cool to use it, right? You had no clue yep. what what like the F word meant, but you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah man, I've known about that. Since yeah, the kids I've known it's about cool. that since K four. What do you mean? Like- LOL, love mm. offense
0: lots. Yeah, <laughs> um, no, no, but 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 you know, as a fit, it, it works. Um, and uh, I, I think more than anything, a lot of people are excited to get that kind of gritty, tough defense back. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I said it like often during the. Um, during the season, speed D just kind of doesn't work if you don't just sack the guy immediately because you can just get killed on slants or on the deep ball. Um, and it, it definitely got annoying, so it's nice to just kind of square up a bit. Um, I, I'm, I'm excited about the change in philosophy uh, for sure. And, you know, uh, one thing I did notice, you know, we, we were talking about pettiness. Shout out to Joe Horanis for just constantly taking sneak little disses at, uh, at Lincoln. Uh, saying all the best uh, OU head coaches have first names that start with B, uh, stuff like that. It, it just it, it was very funny, giving him a, a key to the palace, which was weird. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I don't know. It, it, look, it if, if I didn't have OU-colored glasses on, it, it, some of that stuff would have been a little dorky. Shout out, like Castiglione referring to his drip. Ugh.
2: Yeah, and, and a quick a quick sort of tie into that, uh, I'm sure most people have seen now the, the Fox News or or the Fox Sports, uh, Stoops the other day on I believe it was an NFL game where they were they were asking Stoops who's still participating fully in that job uh, about how he found out and, and Stoops recounted that he was on the golf course as as his common knowledge and then he said uh, as soon as he found out he went back back to OU and right into his office is what he said. Uh, and and one of the other co-hosts on the show said, "You still have an office up there?" And he goes, "Yeah, I went into the office that I built, implying the uh, the head coach office, which is a, was just amazing
1: to, yeah. to hear." The thing is, the thing is, why this Brent Venables hire is hitting so well. I think schematically and defensively, I think it is excellent. Obviously, moving into the SEC, it it, it propels us to a very high floor team moving into a very tumultuous time, which I think we really needed um, with all the havoc that's going around us. But on the fan side of things, the biggest thing is Bob Stoops coming and coaching this game brought back a sense of nostalgia in this whole team during a time when we were really hit down and Brent Venables being hired on and with all these former players being excited and having this OU connection is just hammered in the time of nostalgia. Remember the good times before Lincoln Riley? Remember the times of Bob Stoops and Brent Venables and this tough defense and all back then when things were, you know, were still frustrating, but those are happy times before Lincoln Riley. And it's bringing that all back and I think it is extremely pivotal just for the state of Oklahoma to have that in their back pocket right now
0: it's interesting because it feels like we're returning to that old OU uh mindset because it, it you, you didn't realize how different things had gotten in Norman until this shift back to Venables uh back to the Stoops era um you, you know the mindset was different you know um every everything with the social media like input and everything and look i i think you actually still have to keep a lot of that uh having a head coach whose uh, twitter is private is probably not the best <laughs> for recruiting, uh, Brent, well, unlock knows, it, buddy. Who
2: knows how that's going to, you know... That's
1: going to go away really it, quick. Yeah,
0: it, it, the mindset just seems different. And and Venables, one of the things he talked about in his press conference was uh, staying away from the mega camps, which I, I would love to hear what you have to say about that one, Jameson, uh, mm. later down. But it seems like this mindset is going back to this old-school gritty thing. And uh, I, I look, I, I'm not going to lie. I'm a little concerned... That maybe we're overcorrecting back in the other way. The, the key is balance, and it, I, I think that's what—that's a challenge that Brent has to face in a way—is—is uh, is how do you take the best parts of what Lincoln Riley did, and then add the best parts of what you and Bob did, um, and 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 kind of keeping that together because uh, as we've seen with Clemson, for example, uh, the old ways of no, nah, we don't take transfers—that just doesn't fly.
2: Yeah. So I, I think, um, I think in my opinion, one of the big things is and, and I'm not trying to, I talked about this a little bit last night or in our last podcast. Uh, I don't want to sound like I'm talking down on Lincoln Riley or Alex Grinch, but you know, you, you make lemonade with the lemons that you're given uh, and we have a new situation. So we got to deal with, with what we have. And I think what Venables brings is fundamental football uh, speed D specifically, and then Riley's offense to an extent, but Speed D very specifically to me felt gimmicky. It felt like it was reliant on, like offensively, if you're just running trick plays all the time to win and you're trying to just sort of do, you know, shout out to Mike Leach, guerrilla warfare and and uh, football um, to to win. It, it was sort of a, a defense that was reliant, you know, that you would never be the, the sort of dominant team. And, and fundamental, you know, just straight up football, obviously like you said you have to change with the times you know we can't go out there and run the the option or the wishbone or or whatever else but when you have a coach and you have coordinators we can still run fundamental football with good coordinators and and be up with the times and not have sort of a a gimmicky which almost sounds too demeaning uh, to say but I I do think a lot of people would agree that we had sort of a gimmicky offense and a, a gimmicky defense especially with with speed D uh, that was too reliant on too much smoke and mirrors, too much movement, too much complexity. Um, when like Venable said, let's just go out there and have a strong dudes uh, or strong defense that just, you know, runs it down to people, uh, runs it down people's throats. So I'm a little tongue tied.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, no, I, 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 I'm with you there. I, I think you definitely have to find that blend for sure. And um,
1: yeah, yeah. Jameson, so here, here's my thing. I think Bobby made an interesting point of talking about are we overcorrecting? And for the people talking in the chat, we'll get to Kruten. There's so much to talk about, and I'm your Kruten guy. So we'll get to that a little bit later. But let's, we're talking about Venables. Let me, let me say that the overcorrection of going from this extreme players coach in a Lincoln Riley that might not have the you know audacity to speak back to his players and be kind of a hard-nosed, tough guy – to a Venables, who is a perfectionist, a guy that's going to make it done his way, is, you know, it's a little concerning, but I'll tell you something. If our offensive coordinator is the favorite, Josh Levy, we have nothing to worry about on the offensive side of the ball about that. You know, um, just the way he carries himself as a total, like, frat bro, essentially. <laughs> like like
0: him and, jo- him and Joe John are, are like bros from what <laughs> yes, I've heard, yes, they, which they I are. love. Yeah, and uh, so, uh,
1: so that yeah, it will have both sides of it. And to be completely honest with you, Bobby, the guys that bring their lunch pail and work on perfection and try harder than anyone else, like that's what we want on defense. Because if you saw any of the defense this year, we had all the talent in the world. And my God, if they just had an ounce of responsibility, if Perry on Winfrey would have played like he did in, in the Bethlehem game the whole year – Like, we'd be talking about a different story of how we played this year. Yes, our offense would have underperformed, but we'd be hanging on our defense more. You can't have a defensive line like this that we had and not dominate the front. Um, But we struggled with that for a lot of portions of the year because you could see it was effort plays. And I think Venable's culture and completely overturning, for the most part, this defensive staff, is going to see that Clemson blueprint of take your lunch pail and your hard hat and we're going to work on defense, a different mindset. But at the same time, that Levy, you know, um, Bryles type of offense on the other side, that might be the two ends of the spectrum you want.
0: And and that's something Brent actually said in his press conference, is that he wanted, you know, an electric offense with, a I believe he used the term, uh, suffocating, uh, you know, uh, intense defense, which I, I love the adjectives he used there. Uh, but, you know, that, that that blend is perfect. And like you said, if we get Levy and we really start to build out that offensive room that we already have, um, which, it, you know, it's crazy, not a lot of – only Dennis Simmons and Lincoln left uh, from that o- offensive room. So you have a lot of guys who have been familiar with good offenses. Um, so – I don't know. I, I, I'm intrigued to see what happens with the defense. And I, I kind of want to pivot a little bit to coaching talk to seeing relentlessly suffocating is what uh, what he said. Thank you, Whitman. Um, let's kind of start pivoting to some coaching stuff. So um, the defensive room almost looks like it's going to be entirely cleaned out. Uh, it, it seems like specifically, and not, not to blow up your spot a little bit with a uh, Cruden Corner, uh, with, with the decommitment of uh, Gabriel Brownlow Dindy, uh, looking like Tibbs is not back, uh, so yes. th- they're going to have to start rebuilding this uh, defensive staff and quick.
1: Yes, and with pretty much, Josh McCushton tweeted this probably about twenty minutes ago. It looks like the defensive staff is just going to be completely overturned, and I think that might, you know, have its short-term uh, things where it hurts, like losing Gabe Dindy a generational type of player, a top 10 player at his position. And that is a defensive lineman, a guy that you need to have moving forward in the sec. Big guys is they throw around you in the, in the sec, you're six foot seven offensive tackles and you're, you know, your big old 300 pound nose guard, defensive lineman with speed. That's how you dominate in the sec and it's going to hurt losing him. But you know, Calvin Thibodeau was a Lincoln Riley guy. And to be completely honest, you know, the defense, this is now Venable's defense that he's not going to be the D coordinator, but he's going to be the overseer of everything. Um, so it's going to be very interesting to see uh, who's going to be replacement. We could just run down the list if you want to. Um, just talking about first, like the, we're talking about D-line, you know, Jamar Kane leaving for USC is absolutely hurting us when it comes down to recruiting. An absolute guy is one of the best assistant coaches when it comes down to recruiting. Um, we will keep an eye out. Uh, of h- whose names are going to be, but have y'all uh, have y'all heard much about the Troy defensive coordinator that's kind of being talked about as a guy he's already had discussions with of being um, Venable's uh, new defensive coordinator, Brandon Hall, a guy with Oklahoma connections.
0: Yeah, no, I, I have seen uh, a little bit of that. Um, you know. Which, I, I, look, I'm a big Sunbelt guy. If you've if you've listened to me on the Weekend Spread, our Picks show, uh, you, you've known that I, I've been a big fan of that conference. Um, and I, I really need to do a little bit more research on him. But, you know, Oklahoma Connexions, that's the move. That's the thing we got going on right now. So, um, But, of course, you don't want to just add a guy because he has an OU next to his name. Didn't work with Gary Gibbs. Didn't work with John Blake. Uh, but at the same time, you know, hey, that, that, I, I think that that could be pretty good.
2: Yeah. uh, Brandon Hall, interestingly enough, uh, has, has a big thing that can really tie into, to recruiting. I've seen a lot of, of mentions in the chat um, about recruiting and and obviously I'm, of our least uh, experts on recruiting, but Brandon Hall, uh, championship ring on the 2000 OU team. And then he moved from OU, interestingly enough, uh, after the championship, went to Broken Arrow. And that is, potentially a big thing because OU, as we all know, has been an underperforming school recruiting wise when it came to in-state recruits from the Tulsa area specifically, you know, uh, the, the team from Stillwater has, has owned that uh, Arkansas does really well there. And and then even, you know, now that we have sort of a national scale in recruiting. So his, his, uh, you know, experience at, at Broken Arrow is not very recent at all. Uh, it was, Ooh, 2007. Um, but he has a lot of a lot of ties to, to Oklahoma. But having a guy that has some sort of tie to to the Tulsa area maybe could be a potential thing. He's, he's not that old. Either he's in his early 40s. So, you know, I, I think there maybe there might be a, an argument for for a guy like that that maybe doesn't have a flashy name. But uh, we have, a, you know, one of the best D.C.'s in the country coming in as our, our head coach. So there's a lot a lot of potential there.
1: Mm, for sure. And the thing is, with Brent Venables, it, it's a big shame uh, we're going to lose Odom also probably at that linebacker position. But the writing was on the wall with that because Venables is a linebacker guy. And that's going to be kind of, you know how Grinch safeties were his thing. You know, Venables, probably linebacker is going to be his thing. And even though Odom was a great up and coming coach, uh, he is just a consequence of this. And that's what led, you know, uh, losing Kobe McKenzie, um, linebacker, and he committing to Texas. Uh, but it's going to be really interesting, like you said about Troy Hall, because, you know, Broken Arrow, we do have a current um, Broken Arrow commit in this class right now. So, um, you know, he's one of the lower um, three-star guys, but he's still a great athlete, and we need to keep those Tulsa area guys a lot. And Gentry Williams is still committed in this class, um, and he's our best commit left. And if we can show some Tulsa and to keep him in um, the boat, I think that's really big time. Uh also, I, I think that we'd be remiss as well to talk, not talk about the defensive back coaching as well. Um, did you all see the response from Latrell McCutcheon to Charlie S. of the Football Brainiacs? Charlie S. goes, he goes, um, what if I told you, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, what if I told you that Oklahoma for the past three years had a, um, a better like, cornerbacks coach? um then on the roster and what was it like he's not Roy. Um, he has a, he
0: has a better yeah they they had a their best cornerbacks coach was basically not roy manning he said it yes. in a, like a subtle way and then yeah. uh it was <laughs> a troll i, I bas- basically quote tweeted it and said facts which yes man he is just he is just salted everyone on that old uh staff
1: and it's legitimate, and, and, like, and like Roy is screwed. Like, with all of this compliance stuff, he probably doesn't have a job at USC now. Like, the guy's out, because if they hire him, there's going to be some whole tampering compliance stuff that goes on here. So, you know, you've got to think of Chip Viney as a possible guy that could step in in the D-backs room, um, even though he's been on our staff for a bit and where it looks like we're cleaning house. Like, he's been in the ranks waiting uh, I was a guy thinking that he was going to get the job and Roy Manning's master plan of moving him down to like outside linebackers at one point, but that never happened because Grinch seemed to be very stubborn in his ways. You know, Chip finding another Oklahoma connection and a guy that is absolutely stellar on the recruiting grounds. Um, he will be a candidate and he, he will be considered.
0: Yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, no, no doubt um, that, that, this whole, this whole thing is, is crazy though. I did not, um, man, I, I don't know. I, I didn't see this entire defensive sweep out coming, but you know what? Uh, Venerables knows what he's doing. He, he took a, uh, you know, I wouldn't say a bad Clemson defense, uh, but, but certainly not one that is what it is now. Uh, and you know, having Texas as a pipeline, I, 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 I trust that defensive uh, spot for sure. Um, I, I think he's gonna do, I think he's gonna do a good job rebuilding that uh, room for sure. Football fans, I'm sure we all love an action packed, high scoring NFL game. But with the latest no brainer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you'll be a winner once a single point is scored. New customers who bet just $1 on any team to score can win $100 in free bets. It's just that simple. Of course, if Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, like Oklahoma, you can still get in on the NFL action. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. So, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN, that is T-P-P-N. Bet $1 on any team to score and win $100 in free bets. If they score... You score with promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wage required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gaming problem called 1-800-GAMBLER. Okay, let's talk about a little bit about the offensive uh, room, specifically the conversation we saw in the chat a little bit, and Ty uh, was talking about this as well. Uh, Joe Brady versus uh, our, our guy uh, Jeff Levy. Uh, Ty, start us off with that.
2: Yeah, so it, we would be remiss, or, or I think I would be remiss to to say. Uh, that we have to preface this conversation with two very important uh, notes because I know there's people that are firmly in either camp and, and the the answer for OU potentially could be could be someone completely different. But there there are people firmly in either camp and there's an important disclaimer with Brady and that's that he has been uh, pretty clear uh, in actions more than anything, but but also in, in performance uh, that he maybe is not super big on, on recruiting, uh, which is a major facet of, of college football. Uh, and I think you also had the assumption that Brady will not be here for very long if he comes, uh, which also ties into recruiting, right? If we have a dude that's going to be here for two years and you're a junior in high school quarterback that commits to, to a Joe Brady offense, you know, and then he's gone at, at, by the time that you're a redshirt freshman, that's a, that's a big deal. Um, Jeff Levy, uh, Again, there's, it, it, we don't want to dive into it too much, but because I'm taking the lead here, I'll just preface it for everyone else. There is some controversy there uh, from his time with with Baylor and uh, the Coach Art Bryles situation. Uh, I understand it's it's a complex situation, and we're not going to really dive into that. But there is, you know, something potentially there. Uh, and then there's also the fact that he is is an OU guy, and OU grad. Uh, and there was some sort of drama uh, with OU and a sort of a spying situation as well. Mm, of uh, course. If, if prior, so there are, you know, you have a, a trade-off with either. I, personally, I would put myself more in in the Brady camp. Um, <clears> but it's important to note that Caleb Williams, and, and I'm sure you guys will dive into this a little bit more, originally committed to uh, to Levy. Um, to brady to
0: brady you mean
2: to, Br- to brady yeah I'm and sorry. it was more too, crystal too bald
0: to, to uh brady yeah. I believe,
2: right yeah and, and, and yeah, yeah mm-hmm. and, and who knows uh but that is that is an important note that that sort of ties into our offense but I, I think there is a i personally i would not be surprised i would brady would be my sort of number one choice but i would not be surprised if the person that eventually comes to ou uh is neither i don't have a it, name for you ooh, but
1: oh. But, now, yeah, that is an extremely hot take that I need to bounce off right because I'm the complete opposite of everything what Ty's saying, and here's why. Um, Brady, I think, is is not as good as what he is proposed to be. I heard Kerry Murdoch on the Sports Analyst this morning talking about that he knows people within the program saying that Brady was essentially a fraud and just kind of worked his way wow. to get this big-time name and kind of worked on you know the coattails of, was it, Eisenminger? Or I, I don't know. That's uh, a, that's in, a meta, yeah, Ensbinger. Uh, I think. Oh, it. sorry, Eisenbinger is a is a medicine thing. Okay, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh he's too, but, he's I, too I, deep I, in the books. But it's um so uh it's pretty much rid his coattails and he d- did employ the Saints you know offense into LSU. But what do you expect whenever you have first round quarterback, first round running back, two first round um, wide receivers, a really solid tied in. Like those are weapons, man. That's one of the best offense, if not the best offense. In like college football history, and you, he goes to Carolina this year, Ty. And I know that they had injuries with Sam Darnold, but you know that's a little tough. I'm not really liking that. i are already yeah. I'm, I'm I'm just not buying that. And the thing is, why I think Levy's going to get hired as this coach is because whenever Venable has got reached out to for the job, the first person he talked to is Levy, and he's already talked to him about the job meaning that if that's the first person you talk to that's probably your number one and there's already kind of rumblings out there that Levy would accept it if offered so I mean the writings on the wall for me well
0: I think the writings on the wall I think it's a natural fit in terms of you know it, it I mean it's his alma mater uh, not only that but you have the connection with Joe John Finley being there uh, and it you know like again if Brent if if Brent made that call, OU doesn't lose. Uh, this this is uh, sounds like a big arrogant, but OU doesn't really lose. Uh, you know, bidding wars. I, I think they have enough to uh, enough fire firepower to try to get him from Ole Miss. I, I've heard rumblings that uh, the Rebels are definitely going to try to stack up and you know try to keep him on on board. But I I don't know. I, I do not see um, OU losing that one.
2: Well, they, then it's, they it's...
0: need a good offense.
2: Yeah, it's it's Ole Miss. We're talking about you know I, I sort of I don't pride myself on this fact, but I am sort of our resident uh, state of Mississippi expert. And, and, and well, you don't <laughs> yes. even have to be a, a state of Mississippi expert to know that uh, ultimately OU can can outbid uh, Ole Miss uh, and, and the team from from Oxford. So um, I, I don't think that that's a factor. And in, in, uh, sort of, I want to say my my sort of tie into to Brady is, is maybe some sort of recency bias, some sort of, you know, ring bias. Uh, if you can, if you can claim that in college football, but I don't think that, uh, Levy would be a bad coordinator necessarily. Uh, like I said, there's, there's more to it. Uh, and that is a big factor in, in, uh, in today's college football and, and always should have been. Um, but I, you know, I think he's done tremendous things at, at Ole Miss He's he's created a great offense there, which, you know, I, I jokingly I love Lane Kiffin, but I don't want to give him too much credit. Uh, and same for for Matt Corral, not to talk down on the guy, but uh, I think he's sort of overperformed because of the system. So there is yeah. there's definitely some legs to to Levy being the real deal.
1: Another thing that I heard on the Sports Animal this morning that Kerry was saying is there's like times that Lane is quite the absent coach there at Ole Miss, and it seems like that Levy had to, to kind of step up. <laughs> Never, No idea what – what do you think that Lane could be doing? Hmm. anyone got any ideas throw something in the chat what you think that lane kiffin does whenever he's late to practice if lane was at ou he'd just be living at night trips and just (laughs) just commute (laughs) back and forth honestly i feel like if lane was at ou he would just
2: be in dallas all the time oh my god
1: (laughs) but but the thing is like levy levy is going to be you know obviously there's there's some things you worry about character and supposedly when you talk interviews like i heard that he's not the best of interview he's kind of like you know a country accent and doesn't give off a lot of professional vibes in the interview, but he's, he's pretty brilliant. And I think his offense, we'd be remiss not to talk about the style of his offense and how the way he used Matt Corral this year, Caleb Williams has got to look at that tape and be like, I play like Matt Corral. I would love to get the ball in my hands as much as he does. He's pretty much the keys to that offense. And what they do is they just completely spread out the field. They put everyone out to the sides and they say, okay, let's, I want you all on the outside to play one-on-one and I want our athletes to go get open and not, we're just going to run, run down your throat. And I think that will be a very nice offense. Definitely different from the Lincoln. Um, but also, low-key kind of helps. I know that Jaden Hazelwood is a great athlete and he will be missed. But he knows that this offense is not really his style. Mario Williams, on the other hand, I think is going to absolutely bloom in this offense. I and mean, Him with another year, being healthy the whole year hopefully in this offseason, will do very, very well for him moving forward. And I'm really excited if we can keep Caleb and Mario in this offense. If we get Levy, I know there's three big ol' ifs I just said right there. But that's the player I'm most excited about.
0: Yeah, for, for sure. No, 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 absolutely. Mario is, is electric, and we saw a lot of flashes of that. Um, I, I think... Well, 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 frankly, we were overly optimistic on about everything this year. Uh, but but Williams, while he didn't hit his mark, I, I felt you know really good about him still.
2: Yeah, and mm-hmm. and you know he was coming in as a, as a freshman as well, so that that's important to note. Um, and we had we had an offense that, uh, you know, in in retrospect, maybe I personally was a little unfair in, in player blaming, uh, specifically in receiver performance, but. Maybe it was maybe it was schematic and, and obviously there was some quarterback stuff there as well, with a a struggling quarterback that, that underperformed expectations. Uh and then a, a freshman, a true freshman quarterback that didn't get to play his his senior year of high school. So I, I don't think it's fair to judge uh Mario Williams specifically even as as a receiver. I know he's he's kind of short for a receiver and there's some some criticisms there, but uh yeah, I think he's definitely someone that, that could really excel in a uh In a levy offense and and that's sort of without demeaning you know the guys at Ole Miss right now I I think there is a a lot of Ole Miss's offensive performance has a lot more to do with coaching than it does uh with player skill and Ole Miss is a a school like a lot of SEC schools that constantly punches well above its weight uh when it comes to recruiting but OU flat out has better people fundamentally have better athletes than, than Ole Miss does across the board offensively and and if you got a guy that is able to have a really electric offense in the sec west uh with the players at Ole Miss then presumably he would have just as electric of an offense in the big 12 uh with OU players
0: yeah no I and I I will say Ole Miss you know they're recruiting really well and they are playing better than normal Ole Miss uh but you know I think Oklahoma once they get the SEC vibes and once they get that SEC, you know, both money and prestige coming in and start building it up more, you know, I, I think I think it's going to be totally fine. Uh, by the way, you know, if y'all y'all are listening to this on the podcast, uh, we're also doing this live on YouTube, on Facebook, on Twitter, and uh, we this comment section is just once again fantastic. Uh, shout out to y'all for coming out again. Um, Ty, we, we got we got a got a fellow uh, midshipman out here. But well, you're not a midshipman, no. but you know you, you're rooting for yes. Navy.
2: I was I was for a little bit, then I was uh, I was uh, given the boot. I uh, I loved the alcohol too much, but yeah. Shout out <laughs> to shout out to SBC, our uh, aviation rescue swimmer. Thank you for your service, and and thanks for everything you did to this nation. Eleven years, a lot longer than I spent uh, doing anything. Uh, I was uh, as you can see by the flag behind me. If you're watching live, uh, I was on the uh, digging in the mud side of things, but yeah. Uh, go Navy, beat Army for sure. Bill Belichick tonight, uh, Monday Night Football, rocking the Navy. Uh, so hopefully we're going to do something good here. Yeah, absolutely. Army. Uh,
0: yeah, no. I, hey, I'm a, I'm a, we have a Army Navy pod at some point this week, so that'll be fun. Uh, make sure to tune in for that one. Anyways, back to it. Um, so covered some of the offense. I, I you know, what it goes to you know, just very obvious um, points like. DeMarco Murray, he's staying. That's a a no-brainer for me. A great recruiting coach. Um, uh, Seems to be a pretty good running back coach as well. Uh, What all are we trying to fill out here? Uh, Maybe Cade, or uh, Cade, what am I saying? Cale Gundy getting the boost. No, not getting the boost to wide receiver? Is
1: he out? Oh, I thought you were going to say boot. I was like, no. No, boost, boost. No, no. kit, can't. Get K- K- kale I mean, out. This, this man stays. You K- know, Demarco stays. I think the Joe John Finley stays. You know, um, I was saying Kale L- getting the boost up to wide receivers coach. I, I was like, oh man, that is an interesting thing to talk about. I mean, you could see that. You know, what he was doing inside wide receivers, correct? Correct. Um, so, so you know, he was a running backs guy. Um, kind of dabbled a little bit inside wide receivers. So that's something to think about. But also at the same time. Um, we kind of wouldn't be. I wouldn't be opposed to getting kind of a bigger time higher. I would, you know, I hate to keep just talking about only Oklahoma connections, but you got to give Malcolm Kelly a call, right? Yeah. I mean, absolutely.
0: Yeah. Um, especially with how much the Malcolm Kelly rap has been used in some like recruiting stuff. And uh, let's be honest, after watching TCU's uh, performance in Norman, you know, they, they,
1: they, They're not bad on the wide out side of things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, honestly, in uh, the way he's worked with Quentin Johnston this year, you know, that was a big time recruit that he landed and flipped from Texas. And he looked great this year, even during the turmoil of the quarterback position of TCU. Um, So definitely an interview, in my opinion, but, you know, also, you know, talking about moving up Gundy as a conversation. I think by far, maintaining. DeMarco is probably the most important we've seen it by you know not everything is recruiting but um, recruiting big time running backs is a big deal In how loyal you saw from my like Gavin Sawchuck and you've seen from like Javante Barnes that people love this guy and even positions that are not running back like he controls Nevada like he seems to be a legend out there People listen to what DeMarco has to say whenever he comes by on a trip to that area because this was an NFL MVP. So, like, come on. Yeah. I mean, the guy, a legitimate NFL star. Uh,
0: so mm-hmm. that that's that's a pretty big deal, um, you know, when you can actually bring success into that. And, you know, some people in the chat were like, we need to find a way to fold Adrian Peterson into this. Uh, <laughs> not, look, I, guy. I, I'm not, look, the guy... Not trying to be a jerk, but he might. He kind of needs the money. Yeah, you could find a way. You could find a spot for him. It could be fun. Uh, I don't know what you'd have him do, but you know,
2: uh, yeah.
1: Oh my god, that, yeah, that's crazy. To,
2: to to tie into to what you guys said, I I think it's so important. Um, it's for for two big reasons, and and the the main reason that I really want to hit on uh, that Venable's hit on in his his press conference today. Is that family, that community, right? And and one of one of the big things that that Venables hit on today, uh, that I knew but was just crazy to hear once again, uh, was Venables mentioned that he was he used the word he used the term crawl on, not even a walk on, uh, to the K State Hmm. team. And the guy that recruited him, the guy that gave him a chance at Kansas State under Bill Snyder, was not even a full on coordinator yet, Bob Stoops. And that is, that is the level of, of connection, right? Like when Brent Venables was in high school, as a high school football player, this is a 50-year-old man. The person that believed in him and gave him a chance was Bob Stoops. And that's how he got to K-State, and that's how he got to where he is now in life, is because Bob Stoops believed in him. Bob Stoops, we don't even need to mention Bob Stoops. Uh, he's so important. And and I think that family atmosphere is What sets OU apart, we look at Barry Switzer, lives right behind the, uh, you know, the Delt House that's getting rebuilt. Stoops still lives in the same house, still ready to step in at a moment's notice for OU. And like we've talked about in the past, if Stoops couldn't, Barry Switzer would be out there. You know, (laughs) as as old and as out of touch as he is, he'd be out there coaching the bowl game. You know, he's (laughs) and he'd have to have a holdback coach, too. He's like 90 years old. And you'd have to have you know a, a holdback coach hold You're flying him. around in that fur in the it fur be, coat. Yeah, it would be it would be sensational. And if he couldn't do it, if he can do it, the boss would tell Dr. Pepper that he's got to go and he'd show up <laughs> to coach. And there are just so many people, and and that's important because what we did is we gave Demarco Murray tremendous NFL star. Uh, he still possibly could be playing on on some rosters in the NFL now. Uh, young looks dude. Ripped. Really big NFL star, really in shape, and you know, I, outside of his alma mater, probably couldn't have gotten the position that he got straight out of the NFL at a major school like OU. Well, he, he, gave he was a a, he was at
1: Arizona before, yeah,
2: yeah, which yeah. is well, not some, bad, but, which is not OU's level. I don't want to. T- I'm a big Arizona schools guy, but you know, it's <laughs> it's a family, but it's a family thing, though, right? Yeah, he's yeah, Continue to stay here and develop. Of Same course. with Kale Gundy, like you guys talked about, and I think that. Is so important that we're going to say, hey, if you have an OU connection, Brent Venables gone for a decade at Clemson winning championships, could have gone to Auburn last year, which is another really, really that big was club, a bomb from that uh, press that conference turned down. Yeah, no, and and we know it was sort of confirmed, it was in the news a lot, uh, last year, sort of speculated, but yeah, it's that family atmosphere, I think, is so big and it's so important with young dudes like DeMarco Murray that can recruit really well because he's a young guy. Um, he's, he has a lot in common with a lot of our recruits and can really connect with them in a way that, you know, 50 year old Brent Venables can't, that, that Lincoln Riley even couldn't, that Alex Grinch couldn't, uh, and that Kale Gundy, you know, can't. So it's, that's it, very important that family atmosphere, we can really foster that uh, is so important.
0: Absolutely. And I, I feel like the revitalization of this and just this whole, the, the past, 48 hours, uh, and going all the way back to the soup suppressor, uh, it, it's been a just a, a, a huge boost to the culture. Um, I, I feel better than I felt it's probably since the, the Baylor game, since before the Baylor game. Even probably better than before the Baylor game. Um, just because it, it felt like it, whatever was happening wasn't working. It's like, if, if we can't do it with Lincoln Riley, it felt like you can't do it at all, but I you know, I'm, I'm flipped on it I think we could do it I, I I believe in this in this program I believe it can be uh, energized back to back to life um, for sure so Jameson um, do we want to kind of touch on some of the uh, current players you know potentially flipping out uh, in terms of you know flipping into the portal uh, who who who's still a flight risk who's staying? Uh, obviously, the biggest name today, Nick
1: Benito, going to the draft. That was obvious, I think. But uh, w- what do we have? Yeah, so what I wanted to do is I just scrolled through Twitter and all of the OU people I follow um, and see what players gave a positive reaction to Brent Venable's hire or reacted to it in a positive way. I think that just because you showed up Today with, you know, the um, with everyone wearing the T-shirts, what was it? We are OU football, like the um, Bob Stoops um, quote, you know, is nice. But at the same time, they're just going there. Um, because everyone else is going there whenever you tweet something saying like let's go or like the eyes or you know something like that in response to something that means they're excited about the um, you know the hire so I I made a list of guys that I saw this is there's probably a couple more I didn't see but there's some pretty interesting names that I would have been kind of worried about uh, being a portal guy moving forward so first of all the one that I thought that I thought could be like pretty high portal risk is a Bryson Washington a guy that was not used that much at all by Grinch because he only loved his two safeties and Pat Fields and Blair and Turner Yale and whenever Bryson Washington came in I think he was like one of the best players in the country graded by PFF like he just made plays when he was in I understand a lot of that was versus Western Carolina but I digress. Um, that's a big name. I'm just going to go down the list. Um I know this will be kind of a little one-sided. Um but another name I saw Key Lawrence. Key Lawrence looks like he he made a comment. That's great. I understand that if he transferred again, he would have to um sit out, but still that is nice to see. Uh Isaiah Co defensive tackle. Danny Stutzman looks like he's committed and everyone loves Danny Stutzman. So that's great. Um Shane Witter he made a comment. Great athlete. It's absolutely nice to see um his name dj graham i know he's had his downward kind of spiral since his freshman year when it comes down to coverage but still you know that's a guy that's pretty solid and maybe if we have a real cornerbacks coach we can make our guys better as they go through college rather not a little bit worse in their best years are in their freshman year andrew rame a guy that i'm kind of nervous about has a serious injury i haven't heard anything since the you know he heard a pop on the sidelines and then conjo got to start the next game but it looks like he's you no know, liking the move. Braden Willis saying stuff. He's a vocal guy. Woody Washington, Deshaun White, Kelvin Gilliam, another big time move. You're talking defensive line, big time recruits. You know, he making um, you know some noise is great, especially with him being a you know a out-of-state guy being from the east coast billy bowman also made uh made some news and then marcus hicks these are all guys that i saw tweeted something positive about the game and those are a lot of names that if i lost i would be kind of upset about so these we still got some of our young guys hanging in the ranks
0: it seems like a lot of the positivity was um before we started seeing like the Thibodeau news, uh, the Jamar Kane news, you know. So I, I feel like a lot of the po- positivity that's there, that I feel like that's more stable. Especially once uh, Brent starts getting his guys in, once those relationships starts build, start building up again. Um, and I, I gotta say that's that's crucial to get that going before practices start. Because uh, let's be honest, Brent is going to just wear these guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's yes. just kind of his thing. He, he's intense. Um, He's hard on his players, but I believe the, the 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 saying he said was, "I'm really hard on my players, but I love them even more." Which, um, you know, you, you see sentiments from former players say, you know, you're you're, you're basically going to hate the guy until you uh, until you end up graduating, and then you love him for life. So that that that's something that will be a little tough to get over the hump. But if he brings in the right guys that can build that um, those relationships, I, I I think we'll be fine. But. Um, In terms of optimism, it seems like there's quite a bit of it uh, here, Norman.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, I I saw something in the chat about uh, Stogner to SC. It looks like he, um, South Carolina, looks like he did visit there. Um, But he also looks like he has some visits still left with Ohio State and Iowa State. Um, So that'll be interesting to see moving forward. I really hope for him the best because with his, you know, bacterial pyomyositis, uh, that is a tough injury and a scary injury because if you go septic with that, you can die. So yeah. I really wish everything the best for him. But, you know, a nice little reunion um, with the coaching staff at South Carolina would be nice because, you know, he wasn't really utilized much this year, even though he was kind of utilized a little bit in the, uh, the uh, game versus uh, Oklahoma State. I also kind of want to hit a little bit on the guys that we didn't hear too much about from people that are I wish I would have saw on Twitter make a tweet and I think the biggest one and everyone wants to know is Caleb Williams like what is he gonna do he hasn't tweeted anything since his little cryptic tweet where he said he'll have more later but he did show up to the ceremony with the shirt on with all the players like the we are you football and there is news coming out that looks like he does want to be a guy to be the leader going into the bowl game But there is going to – I love that. I love that. Um, uh, So he's going to be a guy that um, wants to be a leader and is kind of waiting to see what the offensive coordinator hire and how much he connects with Venables on a personal level. I understand. We kind of already talked about this with the Joe Brady thing. He was a Joe Brady guy, but I still think he's going to fall in love with Levy. And it's kind of looking like it was a little bleak in the beginning of keeping Caleb, but now I'm feeling a little bit more confident um, that he might stay with us because the way Venables is pumping up our our fans and pumping up everybody around the program, it's hard not to buy into that too. As probably even though he's a true freshman, an obvious leader on this team.
0: Yeah, and you know he was obviously there at the Venables announcement, wearing the you know we are OU uh, you, or, you know, we are Oklahoma football shirt. So that's, that's a plus. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it seems optimistic, uh, just, just with his behavior, he doesn't seem like an automatic, uh, no. So, but, but, but at the same time, you, 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 like, like Brent said, you know, you have to always be recruiting your guys. You have to always be building that culture and you have to keep you have to keep them in, in the program. Uh, so I don't know. Uh, it's, it's not, not the end of the world, which is great because last week I thought we, uh, he was definitely gone.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ty, you got anything, you sure. got any thoughts about these players?
2: Yeah, no. And, and, uh, I, I sort of touched on it last night. I, I want to rehash it again. And that's the, that's the belief that this might be controversial with some people and I understand that, but Ultimately, uh, and interestingly enough, this is something that Venables echoed in his, in his press conference today, uh, specifically hitting on, on academics, getting degrees, generating degrees, uh, which was something that Clemson was really good at, actually. If, uh, if a lot of people aren't familiar, Clemson graduates most of their athletes by a long margin, even at football, even at the level that they've been at, which is very impressive. Uh, and, and I would love to see that brought to, brought to OU. Um, but it is, uh, ultimately you want what's best for, for the players. And if you got a guy like, um, you know, Stogner, that's, that's going to be potentially going to, uh, to somewhere else, maybe South Carolina. Uh, I might be late on that if, if the news has already dropped. Uh, but I, he's a guy, I, I had class with him. I I don't want to say I'm I'm friends with him, but I, I I know him personally. I have interacted with him a little bit and, and studied with him, uh, a few times and, you want what's best for, for the individual guy. Actually, interestingly enough, uh, I, I sort of had a, a lab group with with Stogner and then Tanner Mordecai, who who is now transferred from OU as well and and uh, done really great at at uh, SMU, and and that's what you want for for these guys. And and like I talked about, and a lot of people agree, ties in with Lincoln Riley. You don't want someone that Oklahoma that doesn't want to be fully 100% committed to Oklahoma you know, and, and that's not saying that these guys don't, but people fit into different offenses, different defenses, different coaches uh, to, to different amounts. And there might be a guy that's the best player uh, in a certain position, and you might have the best coordinator in a certain position, but if they don't mesh, then you're not going to produce the best results. It's a, it's about the Tetris pieces that fit together. uh, Not necessarily just the hard stats on, on paper. There's a lot more nuance to the game. So that's, that's pretty much most of what I have to say on, on sort of, People coming coming in and uh, and then also going out.
0: Absolutely. And speaking of guys coming in and going out, let's <laughs> that came off wrong. Let's talk about
2: <laughs> we got let's talk about the guys what? Oh no.
0: <laughs> let's Who talk about
2: talking?
0: all right, let's let's talk about uh, recruiting now. So Jameson, I, I I'm at a crossroads. We've got some happy, got some sad. Do, do we do the sad no, or do we no, do the good I
1: want sad, I want okay,
0: sad let, let's start Okay it, it, this is Crude quarter with Jameson, if you haven't seen it. This is Jamison's whole zone, so let's start with the sad
1: part. Go! Go! Live your life! Ah!
0: Ah!
1: Ah! Jamison, it's a sad day. We've we lost I... our guy, Dendy. I get chills every time I watch that too. It just—it's sad. Um, it's you know some old Yeller vibes too with Borat and his chicken that goes everywhere with him. Um, but yeah, <laughs> let's 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 talk let's talk about recruiting. And I've seen the chat blown up talking about Gabriel Brownlow Diddy, and this is a huge hit. This is absolutely a huge hit. And I kind of hinted on it a little bit earlier in the episode um, with but Venables essentially turning over the whole defensive staff. Uh, you know. Dindy had a close relationship with Lincoln Riley. You know, I feel like they connected a lot in their character. I understand people do not believe a lot in Lincoln's character right now. But obviously, Lincoln has a way of connecting with these kids and putting on a front if he's faking it. Um, and, you know, Dindy is a very, you know, religious guy, and he bonded with Lincoln on that and seems like he had a great connection. Also with Calvin Thibodeau. Calvin Thibodeau was a very, very, you know, like a lot of people like to talk crap on Calvin Thibodeau, but here recently he's kind of pulled some pretty decent names in recruiting. Um, so you got to be, you got to be happy about that. But with him decommitting to, to Texas A&M, I kind of hinted on it in our past episodes. It just kind of made sense. Um, you know, when you're that big of a five star athlete, you don't want to go to a team that's completely redoing everything. And it's a bummer, it's a bummer. You'd wish that he would buy into the new program. You say, like, oh, Brent Venables is a defensive coach, and we're only going to just become even better on defense because our team is, you know, led by a defensive person. But at the same time, you don't want to go into a rebuilding organization to the first year. I understand we're trying to replenish not rebuild um but still it, it's it's a tough position so i see it i think the biggest name moving forward for us to watch is absolutely gentry williams um we saw that venables isn't was in tulsa today and is trying to convince him and he is by far our number one guy because like we said we need to keep our guys in state if we have a lot of oklahoma connections to our to our program that means we need to keep oklahoma guys in the boat and we've seen that with jacob sexton he's alleged himself as a he's offensive tackle out of deer creek looks like he is alleged himself as staying in the commit and i've made a, a list of some guys who have had some positive reactions to this robert spears jennings um i talked about him a little bit earlier in the podcast he's the broken arrow defensive back um we've heard from caden helms tied in from nebraska Looks like he did some thinking and he wants to say. Jason Lowell and the other tight end, I think it definitely helps when Joe John Finley stays. Um, you know, I saw some positive things from Cedric Roberts, a defensive lineman out of Flugerville. Um, so a lot of our top end guys we've lost, and also I can't forget Jake Taylor and Gavin Sawchuk as well. Great responses from them as well. But if the guys that we haven't heard from in this twenty twenty two class is Gentry Williams, a big number one. Um, and then number two, Kip Lewis, uh, um, inside linebacker from Carthage. I'd be a little nervous about him with, because of Odom. And then, uh, number three, Jaden Rowe, the uh defensive back out of uh Tulsa that I'm sure that Venables was talking to um this year, I mean, this week today. So, um, there's a lot to you know look at here. Um, also Kobe McKenzie, another little nugget, uh, inside linebacker that was extremely close with Odom, committed to Texas today so that is a hit um but all in all we're trying to put out the fires and hit the happy because there is a good note that we got bobby oh yeah okay so here's the happy version david yes what is this david this is a in
2: corner with jamison every dancing oh that's nice
1: Okay, here's the good news, guys. You know, there's always going to be positive and negatives whenever you have coaching changes. Guys that liked Brent Venables and now he's the head coach of Oklahoma who were big-time Brent Venable commits that want to follow him. And let me tell you something. We have a regional guy very, very close to us with a lot of speed and size that is looking at us and is getting crystal balled right now to us, and that is Jaron Kanick. K-A-N-A-K, the number one player in Tulsa. Absolute burner of a guy when you watch his, his um, take. He's got a lot of speed. He's listed as an athlete. Um, you'd think he'd play on the defensive side of the ball. But that is a special and fun guy that I'm sure that, you know, um, Grinch would have really loved to have on his team. But now we're getting a guy like that with size and speed. Um, so there is – a lot of negatives to this coach overturn, and we've got a short amount of time to put out these fires. But here's one positive of a possible flip. Um, so that is an interesting. Go look up his tape if you haven't already. I hit this in the last podcast, but it was kind of a Q&A um, when we talked about yesterday. I want to hit on this again. If you're talking transfer portal, which I guess kind of counts as recruiting, these guys are not in the transfer portal yet, yet, but keep these names in your head when it comes down to Clemson guys thinking about coming over. Number one, Andrew Makuba um he is best friends with with Latrell McCutcheon he is a um, first team freshman all ACC defensive back he was given an offer to Oklahoma whenever he visited with Latrell and it seemed like they were a package deal then all of a sudden the lights went out and it seems like we stopped recruiting him and what do you know he starts doing great whenever he goes to Clemson so new coaching staff come play with your best friend Mm, there's probably a couple of things that you can um, look at there as some positives. Next one, not as likely, um, but still something to think about RJ Mickens. You know, I see some, some, you know, some buyers on Twitter about him and DJ Graham who are close in high school. He's a guy out of South Lake, Texas, and he was a highly rated defensive back as well. Um, not as likely. Makuba's honestly a really interesting to look at, but, uh, you know, that's just – it's just cool seeing, you know, these Clemson players be like, ooh, Oklahoma doing stuff. And, yeah, they might gain probably an extra 500 to 1,000 followers because of it. But it's <laughs> something fun to talk about, right? Yeah, and it's truly wild to just see,
0: like, Clemson tier five-star guys, four-star guys, uh, you know, on that defensive side of the ball be like, oh, yeah, OU, I'm in. That looks interesting because usually that's not even – you know, we're not even in that conversation.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. And then uh, lastly, another name that I just saw that they were talking to each other on Twitter, friends of Damon Harmon, um, defensive back. Another guy should have put on the list of guys that had good responses to the coach. Uh, Malcolm Green, his friend as well. So all, you know, Clemson defensive backs, you know, you would think that maybe we get some backup linebackers and backup defensive tackles. But as soon as we start to see those rumblings, you know, whether that be on social media or on the message boards, We will bring that information to y'all in the next Cruton Corner that we have. So, yes, we have a couple of negatives, but there's absolutely a little bit of positives here. And even though we've heard some, you know, kind of iffy things about how Venables used the transfer portal, it is inevitable that he's going to have to use it. He said he would use it if he needs to, and he needs to use it whenever you lose this many people and lose in this recruiting staff. We're going to have a lot of scholarships to give out for the next calendar year. So be ready. Even going through the spring, we're going to be all over that transfer portal. And a lot of teams, a lot of players are going to take a look at us.
0: Yeah, no, no, absolutely. It's, um, it's going to be interesting. Very, 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 very interesting for sure, Jameson. Thanks for the curtain corner, man. Always appreciated. Uh, no, we have a lot going on. So, Ty, you go for it. <laughs> I, you're muted. Ty's muted. <laughs> no, Jameson.
2: If, if you had something, Jameson, I don't. I don't know how I. I, off. I, 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 I. I actually don't think it. you did. It. Yeah. No, so I, I do want to touch on, uh, like you said, and in, in, you mentioned it briefly, and then we mentioned it sort of in previous podcasts, but the movement is not done uh, with a head coach announcement. There's going to be more movement when we get a uh, coordinator announcements uh, as well. So I, I just wanted to sort of reiterate that because I, I don't want anyone to, to get married to certain, certain players or ideas uh, because that is all subject to change very much when, when coordinators in, in positions are, are ironed out. Uh, I did also, as, as we segue into to some more stuff, um, Mr. Uh, CEO in, in the comments had a, a really good point uh, with Michigan and, and Harbaugh. And I think that ties into to the the Venable situation, you know, and I, I don't want to get called out for, for sort of hedging or, or anything else, but um, there is a benefit to sticking to a program guy. Uh, you're going to have down years. You're going to have years where, where you struggle, and, and sometimes it's worth it to, to stick with someone. And I, I don't think at all that that's what's going to occur here, but it's important to note uh, that – you know, there's a lot of payoff with uh, sticking with someone that you know to be good, even when you have a, a lot of downtime. and And uh, Harbaugh at Michigan, uh, very comparable to uh, Gundy at, at Oklahoma State, especially with their record against against their rivals. Uh, but otherwise, good coaches. So th- there's a lot of benefit to to having a dude uh, that can can ride out that sort of, you know quick reaction, emotional decisions about, oh, we should fire so-and-so, uh, you know, long-term commitment can pay off, uh, which I, I just want to continue to reiterate as, as we talk about program guys as, as coaches.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's it's certainly exciting. And, you know, um, even though uh, Venables did not go to you, obviously, went to K-State, uh, still, you know, sort of grew up in Norman uh, <laughs> as a coach. So, well, folks – that's all we have for today honestly. Uh we have we we're we're definitely out here just squeezing this orange all you know everything we could get out of this uh coaching uh confirmation and you know the the coaching uh staff search. We're all through it. Um thank you all so much for joining. If you uh either if you joined in live on YouTube, you know, enjoyed the conversation uh you know, thank you for doing that. Or if you're listening to this later on any spot uh, uh, podcast platform, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, you name it, we are on it. Um, thank you so much for listening.
1: As always, we we have really yeah. enjoyed everything. So um, hit hit the subscribe button, all y'all live watchers. You know we're we're starting to pick up a little bit more viewership since our episode yesterday. So we have a lot of new people we love the engagement in the chat. We, we enjoy the back and forth. We, we can bring your message up on the screen. So subscribe and like, and you know, watch us. Um, we, we record about two episodes, two to three episodes a week, you know, with this news right now, we're really pushing out content a lot. So subscribe. So whenever, um, and hit that bell too. So whenever we go live, you know, that we're, um, we're talking. So we talk a lot, you know, like I said, um, yesterday, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of OU podcasts out there, but we're a little bit different. We're younger. There's a lot of, you know, fan-run podcasts from a little bit older people. Uh, we are in our mid-20s. Uh, we have one current student at OU Norman Campus, one student at OU HSC Campus right now. So it's a little bit of a different perspective also. You know, all the player-run um, podcasts are are very good but we bring that fan um aspect to it it's a little bit of a different perspective so we really appreciate y'all's listens so hit the subscribe like and the bell for notifications for us
0: yeah i like i like how jameson basically just gave us like the speed dating pitch you know of like <laughs> what we are uh yeah but yeah no um you know we're, we definitely like you know we like what we do and you know it seems like y'all like it pretty uh pretty good too so tell your friends uh you know spread the word around i feel like you know Uh, loving it so um, yeah uh, just in terms of what we got this week Ty, big game this weekend, Yeah, got a a pod over that coming up
2: I'm so excited, yeah tomorrow full time dedicated uh, I don't know when it's going to release, probably tomorrow if if you're listening to this one uh, probably recording live on on Tuesday for for those that want to join in OU stuff is going to inevitably bleed in but uh, Shred Army Uh, Go Navy uh, podcast. We are going to be a little bit more impartial when we get to the dedicated podcast. We're going to talk about uniforms, history, uh, the game being played in sort of a irregular place this year and and a lot of other previews of of the Army-Navy game, the only college football game worth watching, uh, the only college football game this weekend. So uh, tune in for that if, if you're so inclined.
0: Absolutely. It's always a good time talking about that for sure. Well, folks, That's all the plug-in we got for today. So, until next time, we hope you have an excellent Monday evening. Enjoy the football. Or uh, enjoy your uh, commute to work. uh, Or wherever, wherever you're listening to this, just enjoy it. So, for me, Jameson and Ty, this has been The Schooner Pod. We'll catch you soon. Have a good one.